You are listening to the Life Is Not Complicated. You are Strong Opinions Podcast, produced by Charles Andrews, with your host, best-selling author. Identify yourself, Carlos, Carlos Wallace. Hello, my good people, my good people. We back with you on the Life Is Not Complicated Strong Opinions Podcast. With this long overdue interview, this long awaited, much anticipated, but I finally tracked down our first celebrity, the lovely Miss Liz Farbus. How are you doing today? I'm doing really well. I can't wait to meet this celebrity you're talking about, though. You know, I get a little starstruck sometimes. Uh, well, you know. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Thank you for having me. I actually have, uh, I've really been looking forward to this. I've heard the past podcasts and the work that you've been doing so um i'm really eager to get into this interview you're the only person to ask me to send you the questions in advance well I, it's what i do it's what i do for a living i did it for many many years for you know bloomberg television you got to do pre-interviews and you have to make sure your anchors and your producers have the questions beforehand you i, I don't want to be caught out there you have now met the celebrity anyway <laughs> moving right along moving right along so you are my second guest of the second season okay um we're really kicking this one off uh we, we want to talk about women power that's what this season is about i'm dedicating it to the power of she. Ah, you have come to the right person because uh, women's empowerment is something that I am extremely passionate about. As I know. <laughs> As How I would know. you know that? Hmm. I read your post. I read your. I follow you sometimes. Just a little bit. Some she overdose. No, you can never overdose on she. Too Absolutely much of anything will make you fat. No, too much of not enough of women's empowerment. Uh -huh, uh -huh. Well, really, that'll kill you eventually. Ooh. Oh, absolutely. Ooh, I, I, that'll rob you of your soul. Oh, my goodness. Oh. Women are life. I, well, I can't argue with that. Mm -hmm. Now, I do have some questions here. I'm going to try to stay on, on track. I'm running this one, okay? Let's All get right. that. I will. Now, let me sit back. <clears throat> let me sit back and let you run the show. Now, okay. for those that don't know, Liz has a lot of people that live in her head, okay? <laughs> She's an anchor, a comic, a radio personality, for those that don't know, also a radio personality, a successful business owner. How do you manage to balance all of that? Well, it depends on which person in my head is in charge at the time. But uh, typically the, uh, the business owner is the one that kind of uh, is at the forefront because she's the one that is a little bit more stable, mm. more manageable, and she's in charge of the money. So, you know, you can't. <laughs> okay. yeah, yeah, the yeah, one that yeah, takes care yeah. of the money better be the one that's right. Facts. I, better I, be the one that's right. I but I, I have managed to balance it all on, on a good day because mm -hmm. there are some days where it is a little bit overwhelming. I'm going to be really honest about that because um, everything that you've named that I do, I love. Mm -hmm. I absolutely love. I, I, I have a passion about. Um, and if there was ever anything about my life that I didn't really care too much about, it would just bore me to the point where I wouldn't want to do it again anymore at all. So, and it gets overwhelming because I believe that I give 100% mm -hmm. to everything that I do. And I know that's a little over-exaggerated and I know, you know, I hate speaking in superlatives like that. You can't really give 100% to everything, but um, you know, when you wrap your brain around the metaphor, it's I give my all to everything that I do. Mm -hmm. So I never mm -hmm. half step anything. Let's yeah. talk about Liz as the comic a little bit. Like that's, okay. I, I, I love all of the Liz's, you know what I mean? Cause I get to play a part in all of them. Absolutely. And, and some of the Liz's, I'm the boss. And some of the Liz's, you're the boss of me, you know? So, sure. so the, it's, the, it's the cool balance, mm -hmm. right? But the comic part, I get to be the boss. Yeah. And, and uh, you are a tough boss. Well, because I only <laughs> want the best, right? Yeah. Yeah. And the first time I was able to to judge some of your comedy, like you sent me a set. Yeah. And I was like, man, she got it. And, and you know, you asked me to grade it. You was like, man, just trying to give me what you think. And yeah. I think it was like a seven or a 10 minute set. And I literally went through it second for second. I was like, you, you know, at 32 seconds, you should have done this. Mm -hmm. At 48 seconds, you should have done this. What were you thinking when I sent that back? 
Well, I mean, I, I just to go back a little bit, we, we have to give this some foundation. We have to give this some pretext. You were, when I first met you, the manager of one of the hottest and, and in my opinion, to this day, the, the most uh, respected and funniest comedy groups around, which was the Top Dogs of Comedy. Right, yeah. And I was, um, I was in awe, not only of, of the group, not only of that ensemble, but of the person that was managing that group, which was you. And uh, we met through a mutual friend, which was Will Sylvans. We met digitally, obviously, because everything happens via Facebook at the time. Now, I don't just meet people on Facebook, so don't be trying to listen. <laughs> and don't send me sets, and I, I don't do that. No, especially not anymore. She got lucky. I, <laughs> I did. I actually did get very lucky because um, there's so much more to the story, which will probably have to be a part two to this interview. But um, let's just say he took time out of a very busy and important day to take a look at this set. I didn't expect you to go through the entire set minute by minute, second by second. I expected you to probably, you know, give it a listen and kind of just be like, oh, you know, it was good. It was not too good. It was okay. It was not too okay, you know, but with the precision and the specificity that you actually critiqued this set, I was blown away. Only because um, my respect for you grew because I said, you didn't have to take the time to do that. And it really gave me a benchmark for where to go with my comedy from there. Because I was raw. Mm -hmm. I was absolutely green to this. And I didn't know that. Because your stage presence, your delivery, and I, I wasn't, I was a fan of the material. I just wasn't a fan of how you were, I was a fan of the start and the finish of the material, but not so much the middle. Okay, and yeah, you, and you, you said that. Me. Yeah, sure, sure. With regard to, to the stage presence, which I think a lot of people wonder where that came from. I mean, well, I was, you know, a drama queen. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> I was a drama no, queen. No, your theatrics, it worked. It worked. Yeah. Like, it worked. You know, I was on the speech and debate team throughout high school and college. So for anybody that thinks speech and debate is just corny and, and no. it's not worth anything and it's only for nerds, that may very well be. But I have to tell you, that aspect of my life has literally propelled me to where I am Speaking today. of that, I wish I could see you in the White House press conference and Trump shoot something at you and your speech and debate experience will help you rip him exactly. in half. Like, you know what I mean? For the people that think that doesn't help. It, it helps. I mean, it, you know, it sharpens your mind. Um, it definitely sharpens your, your verbal skills, your ability to think on your feet and your ability to think intelligently because right. that some people it takes time and, and to this day my, my mind has slowed down a little bit you know the age is catching up with me so i'm not as quick as i used to be with responses um if someone says something to me now i kind of have to take a step back organize it in my head make sure that my facts are straight and then i can come back at you right. you know but and, and that's very important to me like i never just shoot from the hip because those words are out there and they stay out there and you're judged by those words. No one wants to hear, well, that's not what I meant. Mm -hmm. Because most people it's are hearing, late. well, that's what you said. It's too late, yeah, it's too you late. Know, but, um, but yes, you're absolutely right. Speech and debate gives you that ability to format in your head the right response in the right tone, with the right amount of detail, and definitely with facts. So that really has helped me throughout my entire career and it helps me on the stage. You know, it helps me, you wanna control the stage. You wanna control the mic. And the only way that you're able to do that is to have control over yourself mm -hmm. and your thoughts and your words and your delivery. So um, I, I really, I do credit my background in speech and debate and, and everyone that had helped me through that. I wish I could name everyone, but my, my teachers in high school, my teachers in college, my coaches, um, I, I do not underestimate their value in my life. Mm. And I guess the kind of the same goes for, you know, as an anchor or a journalist. Yes. Having that control and that confidence helps you to, uh, you know, when you're controlling the interview. Absolutely. You know. Absolutely, because interviews can be a runaway train. Live hits can be a runaway train. I have been on the other end of a prompter that just stopped working. Right. You know, and I have literally I actually joke with you about that. Like, I, I'm watching a news program, <laughs> and, and I can tell when the prompter stops, and it's like, 
Yeah, and, and then there's that scramble <laughs> to like find the paper, to find that page, because you know, uh, typically, I may lose my journalism anchor card for this. I mean, typically the scripts on the desk are kind of a prop. Right. Now there are no more scripts. I just dated myself. You know, most people have those laptops or iPads now. Most journalists and most anchors have iPads or just small laptops on the desk. But, you know, you're reading from a prompter right. for the most part. So when you see the eyes kind of just like start darting from side to side, and then there's like this mad scramble to find your place either on the laptop, on the iPad, or on a script, the prompter's dead, and you're literally, you're treading water, you're fighting for your life. They're so lost. You're, you're, you're lost. You shouldn't be lost, because you should have prepared, obviously, ahead of time. But I mean, you know, things happen, especially as an anchor. that's just sad to me, man. We have a, a, a whole generation of media personalities just 100% programmed by an entity that says, read this. Yeah, and, and that, I feel that that has taken a lot away from what journalism used to well, be. Well, of course. And, you know, and I, don't, I can't speak for all journalists. There are so many journalists and anchors and reporters that I, I admire that if I sit back and I watch them, I'm still in awe. Right. You know, I'm a fan as well. I, I won't name any. <laughs> First of all, there are, there are too many to name, and I don't want to name anyone specifically because I like different anchors and reporters for, for, different, for different reasons. reasons right. So it, it wouldn't be fair to just say, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of, you know, Diane Sawyer, or, you know, or who Diane Sawyer used to be, because she was, she was the epitome to me of just a, a strong female journalist that made her mark to the point where you didn't even see her as a female journalist. She mm. was just a journalist. a journalist, you know. She was an awesome anchor and reporter. Christiane Amanpour takes international reporting to a whole other level for me. Mm -hmm. Like to watch her, um, her mannerisms and to hear her speak and, and just to hear the knowledge that she has about any particular topic that she's talking about to mm -hmm. me is something that should be revered. Um, and maybe, you know, as comics look at other comics, they understand timing, you know, they understand the setup. I was going to say, that's kind of how I am about comics. Yes. Man. I, I, I have favorites for different reasons, mm -hmm. but um, I love what you said about you took away from her being a female journalist, just as a journalist. Just as a journalist. And, just, and I love power to look behind at her. a comic just as a comic yeah. and having very powerful material, not because she's a... Uh, 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 a woman, but just because she's funny. Exactly. You know? uh, I, I, you know, I mean, you know, I fight for you guys all the time. I fight for uh, female comedians every day. Yep. You know, I, I can day. attest like, to that. You do. And I hate when we go, oh, they're not funny because they're girls. What the hell does that even mean? No. Like, what does that mean? If you're not funny, it's because your material is <laughs> not, not funny. You're just not funny. You're just not funny. You know, <laughs> it's, it has nothing to do with whether you're a man or a woman. It just, you know, you just have to take the time. It's an art. And I, and journalism is an art. Anchoring and reporting is an art. I don't look at anything that I do as just a pastime, a hobby, or a job. Right. Everything I do is rooted in some type of artistic value. Um, when I get on set, and a lot of my shows are taped. My, my, my program is pre-recorded. But that doesn't stop me from, from researching. Doing it doesn't stop me from looking over my scripts before I sit on that set. It doesn't, I go through pronouncers because, you know, we do a lot of international reports. I want to make sure I'm pronouncing the names of, you know, a, a Saudi prince or, right. you know, someone in another country as well as possible, you know, without massacring Especially the today because while your show is, is broadcasted for, you know, two to five million people in the upper northeast region, mm -hmm. When it's online, that means it's global. It's global. <laughs> so, and uh, anyone can have access to it. Correct. That. And I always, always said to myself, and you know, it'll happen. I'm sure I'm going to make a mistake one day that's going to go viral. <laughs> and that, that's what they're going to, to label Liz Fawless by. Well, I hope it doesn't happen. I won't lick the ice happen. cream after the dog. I won't. Oh, yeah, joke. I did. That's an inside joke. And you know, <laughs> I have to I actually I have to actually address that. Um, it's an inside joke. Uh, the, the person that it happened to is someone that we both love, respect, and admire. Um, but I can only speak on from the perspective of actually being an anchor. Those things happen mm -hmm. in such breakneck speed, and all you're thinking is, I'm live. 
Um, I don't want to embarrass this guest. I don't want to embarrass myself. I do love dogs, but I would ne not necessarily have done this, but this is all happening in like a split second in your head. Right, right, right. And you know, you just make a judgment call. And I, I, I'm positive, like after that particular anchor did that, she was probably just like, I'm really gonna hear about this oh, for yeah. the rest of my life. Oh, but yeah. you know, we are, we're, we're really put in a position where, you know, we, we have to act fast and sometimes we don't act in a way that we would have preferred, but you know, mm, it's mm, live TV. You just gotta go with the moment. <laughs> man, with that said, we're gonna take a quick break. But uh, I'm really enjoying this. I thought, Liz told me she was nervous to do this. I am man. still nervous. And she do this every day. <laughs> I was nervous. Man, listen. Uh, Y'all stay tuned. We'll be right back with you on the Life is Not Complicated Strong Opinions Podcast. The biggest reward for me is how much it has inspired students. I think someone that really opened my eyes was when he said, everybody knows the information in this book already, it just takes a little bit of reminding. And that really opened my eyes to what, to how I perceived the book from there on. So I really think it affected, it was an overall positive impact on my life. When I visit campuses and classrooms and see the excitement on their face and of course overwhelm me with questions, that's my biggest reward. That's what I enjoy the most. To purchase Life Is Not Complicated You Are or The Other 99 Times or download the audio versions, please visit carloswallace.com. You are listening to the Life Is Not Complicated You Are Strong Opinions Podcast. All right, we're back with you on the Life Is Not Complicated Strong Opinions Podcast. Yes, yes, yes. With the lovely Miss Liz Fabulous. I did come back. He did not intimidate me to the point where I did not come back to do the second Man, segment. Man, I tell you <laughs> what. You had me nervous, sir. I mean, you know, you, you get on these podcasts and you list everybody's achievements, their accomplishments, all their accolades. And all we're thinking is, man, this guy, if we tried to list his... <laughs> We would be talking throughout the entire podcast. I'm just a good so. old boy from East Texas. Yeah, just well, you know, you boy. a good old boy done very, very good. So I um, was a newspaper we're very boy. Proud of you. <laughs> for the Jacksonville Daily Progress. Working since what was it? Eleven years old, I believe. Eleven years 11 old. Eleven years old. All my life, I had to fight. Okay. We're taking this to a whole other level. <laughs> I see the second segment turns into the drama. All right. <laughs> oh, man. You know, so we covered Liz as the comic. Yes. A little bit of Liz as the anchor. Yeah. I want to talk a little bit about Liz as the public speaker. Wow. Okay. And uh, most of your, your, your topics, most of your speeches is about reassuring young ladies mm -hmm. and their power and how much influence and their importance in today's society. Absolutely. Why is that? Because of the way I was raised. And um, I, I wish we had more time because I, I really want to lay the foundation for this. We got all the time we want. <laughs> listen, if you go too long, I'll edit it out. You'll just edit it out. Yeah, okay, I'll all cut right. You. Because um, it, it's always difficult to explain this aspect of my life. Some people, some people actually think that I'm disparaging my upbringing, my culture, and even my mom when when I talk to them about this. And and that is so out of the realm of what I mean when I say that my my mother, um, which goes with, without saying, I I think she's the one of my favorite people yeah. ever. She's amazing. My mother is a, a, an amazing. She's sassy. She's a comedian. She, she really is a comic. She's She's very quick-witted, she's very funny, she's very feisty. Um, she's not to be messed with. But, you know, she comes from a culture where you kind of just, you know, go with the flow. When you're at work, um, you don't start trouble, you're not confrontational, even when confronted. Um, even when I was in school, you know, I should, I should mention, you know, I have a, a very strict Haitian background. And to use the word submissive would be an overstatement but there is a certain amount of deference that is overinflated sometimes in the way that they raise their children. You know, it's, it's respect on steroids. Respect to the point where you allow way too much to happen that if you knew better, or if you were stronger, or if you trusted the process more, you wouldn't accept, mm. you know? So my mom was always the type to be like, look, you're at work. You have a, a young daughter, sing, I, was sing, um, I was a single mom, 
I am a single mom, I guess, even though she's 25, right? <laughs> Can I still say she's that? She's almost 40. She's, I don't know about 40, but you know, she's always gonna be my baby. But you know, my mom was always just very, she never told me not to be strong, but she stressed more being careful. Mm -hmm, you can't mm -hmm. lose your job because you have to take care of your child. Well, hold on, hold on. I want to I wanna say this. Like Liz and I, we talk about this a lot. Mm -hmm. Your mother came here as an immigrant. Yes. So she was already behind the, the, the eight ball, right? With with the language challenge. You yeah, know, with, there you was know, a barrier with there. The English barrier, mm -hmm. right? So she was just kind of, I'm just glad to be here. Yes. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So I don't want to cause any waves. I exactly. got this job. I'm just glad to have this job. Mm -hmm. I don't want to cause any waves. Sure. So you're kind of first generation to have both feet on the ground, all rights restored. Mm -hmm. This is mine and you can't take and it. And you can't take it. So, But I didn't understand that. Right, right, right. So right. you didn't understand that. I didn't that. understand exactly. that. Exactly. So, so when you, when you put it in that raised. perspective, yeah. it's totally different. Absolutely. You, you know what I mean? You know. Um, but again, Thank you for that, for putting that in perspective, because I, I never want to take away from what my mother and my father and, and my stepfather accomplished in their lives. Now your father was totally different. My father, <laughs> was, my father was a, was and is a pit bull. Fuck him. He absolutely, I mean, my, my father came here, he barely spoke the language and, except you know, except that he knew well. My mom knew that well, too. She still uses that term every once in a while. I'm like, it, mom, you can't do that. Yet. Why she's not? Pretty, oh, she's quick to do it. I love Let's that. just say the mom that came to uh, New York, what, uh, over 50 years ago, it's not the Kathy that she is now. Like when I tell her to, my stories about how, you know, oh, she Oh, she's it. quick to shut something down. <laughs> and she's quick to tell me that I can shut something down. So yeah, she's completely evolved past, you know, first coming to this country. Oh, but my father came and he went from loading the, the bottom of a plane. Mm -hmm. He was a baggage mm -hmm. handler mm -hmm. for Eastern Airlines. That's how long ago that was. I don't think anyone probably remembers Eastern Airlines under the age of what? <laughs> well, if, if they if they remember the movie Catch Me If You Can, um, the guy that that faked being a pilot was that Leonardo DiCaprio's the character. Yeah, yeah. That, that was Eastern that was Airlines. Eastern Airlines. <laughs> and that's what my father did. And my father worked his way from that to becoming a civil engineer, bona fide, high level education Bo on his own. His way built his own built way his up. own way up to to being a civil en engineer that was contracted by the U.S. Embassy in in Africa. Well, I want to interrupt you for a second. With that said. It's it's very frustrating to me with that story about your father mm -hmm. and stories exactly like that about my grandfather and my father. People that were not afforded the same opportunities that we are today. Sure. That fought their way from the bottom, literally from the mailroom or loading the plane to, you know, to the boardroom. And here we are. We can you know get our education mm -hmm. and start in the mailroom and we ruin it because we can't have a proper haircut right or, or we can't piss with clean urine in the cup yeah how frustrating is it it is frustrating it absolutely is because i think what um and this actually comes full circle um to what we began this conversation with i think people start thinking about conformity as being again submissive as being you know i'm i'm, I'm not gonna do what they tell me to do, I'm, I'm, I'm bigger than that, I'm better than that. I'm but just they owe me the job. But they owe me the job. No, they don't. No, no one actually owes you anything. You know, anything that you get in life, you earn. You have to fight for, you, you have to work for. because you can't go in Starbucks. I remember my mom had to eat on the bus by herself. By herself. That, that's a story that's the very poignant to me. Starbucks, man. Yeah. <laughs> Starbucks don't want you. Get coffee somewhere that's, else. And that is the point, that, yeah. that validation. So you ask why um, I am so impassioned about empowering young women. I feel like I spent most of my 20s and my 30s just afraid of standing up for myself. Mm -hmm. um, I want no punk, mm -hmm. you know, don't, don't get me wrong, but I think there were certain circumstances in my life, whether it was at work, in my professional life, in, you know, in my personal life, dealing with an, an ex-husband or a boyfriend where had I been raised with a different mindset, 
I would not have been caught up in just so much, I, I can't think of the word that I want. I would have just been more powerful. I, I would have had a stronger voice. I think we got the right target, but change the aim. You gotta change the aim. And I had the voice, we had this conversation before. Mm -hmm. I think all women have a voice. Mm -hmm. It's whether or not you find the strength within you to use that voice and that strength is there. And people will only treat you the way you allow them to treat you. And sometimes the most powerful voice is silence. Sometimes it is. Everything doesn't have to be a retort. You don't have to refute everything. You don't have to confront everything and you don't have to defend everything. Know who you are, know what you stand for, and if there are circumstances that come about where you have to, you know, be like, hey, 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 what you're not fitting to do, <laughs> you know, or you're not going to talk to me like that, or you're not going to tell me I can't do that. You're not going to tell me I am not capable of being a CEO, a president, um, you know, being part of a, of a STEM program that is going to empower young women of color to, you know, be engineers and mathematicians mm -hmm, and professors. Mm -hmm. you're, you're not going to tell me that because in my head, I'm already there. I just have to do the proper steps to make it official in your mind. But I am great. But you don't you don't go into someone else's house and tell them they have to keep the lights on. No, exactly. Get your own house. Get your own house. People go into jobs, they go into professions that are, you know, ruled, <laughs> right. that, that have rules that have regulations, you know, that have guidelines. And what they want to do is go in there and change the guidelines and the rules and the perceptions and the attitudes of people that establish that business. It's their business. Yeah, and if it's there, you know, there are things within the rail industry that I changed, but that, that wasn't my goal going in. You right. Know? There were wrongs that I feel like were made right mm -hmm. along the way like I didn't go there saying you know what that's wrong and I'm gonna change it was it happened by chance right you know um, and it, it was long fights you know what I mean judicial things labor fights along the way it wasn't a job that I wanted so I can go in there and, and make these changes sure of like, course you know what I mean because that wouldn't make any sense it make any sense at all there know? are things to fight for you you fight to be respected. Absolutely. Uh, you fight for, for you know, uh, equal opportunities, fair fair pay. And because um, I didn't want anyone else to have to deal with the same And thing. yeah, you fight to, to establish a foundation for people that come behind you so they don't have to deal with, you know, some of the challenges that you're dealing with in a certain profession, you know? And, and as a, an anchor, as a comic, as a quote unquote female comic, the, the voice that I have, I pray, on some level sets the stage so that young women behind me don't have to deal with some of the obstacles mm -hmm. that I've dealt with, some of some of the disrespect that I've had to deal with and check. See, that you check. Right. When you're in the workplace, the way they run their workplace, it's it's their workplace. That's I mean, right. you can't the tell the them. Day. At the end of the day, you can't tell them how to run their business. What you can tell them is how they're not gonna run you. There's and two names on every check, yours and theirs. Yours and theirs. There's <laughs> one name okay. that will change. Yours. Yours. They're, they'll always be the owner of that business, the proprietor of that business. If you are somewhere, anywhere, professionally or personally, that no longer suits you, 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 you have to find a way Just to leave. go somewhere that does. Yeah. You're fighting for a validation. You're fighting for a respect. You're fighting for people to treat you the way you want to be treated. And you, like you always say, Carl, you can't control other people. No. You can only control yourself. You can only control you. You can only know who you are. You can only speak up for what you want. And if what you're speaking up for, you're not, now I'm not saying go into a job and let them beat you into submission. Why you know, would you do that? Why would you do that? You know, you always speak up for yourself. You always set a standard for the way you have to be treated. However, if you're in a position anywhere in your life where you're not getting the treatment that you want, that you earn, that you deserve, you have to move on or it'll become toxic. It will eat at your soul. Mm. You know, and that's that's what I try to tell young women. You never 
put yourself in a situation where every day a piece of you dies. Right. Now, for the last three years, you've given a graduation commencement somewhere. Somewhere. Well, it's been a blessing. Year, <laughs> you, you gave it for the first time an all boys school. A seminarian. Seminarian. seminarian had a female deliver yeah. the commencement address. You were the very first woman in the history of this school. That they know of, yeah. And, and they, they went back several years and they can't... So what was your, what was your speech for these guys, these young men? It was um, more letting them know that, you know, they have a brotherhood and they have each other. But what I wanted them to know is that they also had a network that reached outside of their brotherhood. And that network was rooted in the women in their lives. Because of course, I could only speak from the perspective of a woman, mm -hmm. um, of, of a mother, of a nurturer, of, of a professional woman. And I wanted them to know that no matter where they were in their lives, there was a connection that they had to life, mm. to a nurturer. To, to somebody that would always have their back, to somebody that would always know their strength, to somebody, if, if, if they were getting beat down by society, there was a woman there to say, oh, no, 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 you're a king. What if it was women that were beating them down? Then that woman, which would be me or the strong women in their lives, would tell them that's not the way a woman should treat you. Just like men are told, this is not the way you're supposed to treat women. No, we'll beat him up. You'll beat up who? The man that's hitting that woman. You ab and you should. So <laughs> I don't gonna, condone violence. Y'all ain't gonna beat her. Uh, we, in in ways that you might not know. <laughs> we don't. We, we gonna don't take we another don't break. We don't put the beating out there. We gonna talk about this off air. I'm too cute to go to jail, but. Because Liz I'm told me is. somebody beat up jazz. She gonna. All right. Uh, anyway, we gonna take a break on the Strong Opinions podcast. They we'll be right back. We'll be right back. Bye. We'll be right back. We'll be right. Stay tuned. To join our email list, please visit carloswallace.com. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. The Other 99 Times. Count your blessings. Season 2, showing now on NetNY.TV, Theos by Verizon Channel 48, Optimum Channel 30, and Spectrum Channel 97. Season 1, streaming on Amazon Prime Video. Amazon Prime Video. All right, we back with you on the Life Is Not Complicated Strong Opinions podcast with uh, Liz Fabless. He got me all fired up. You, the conversations that happen off air. <laughs> she got the, she put she, Vaseline on her knuckles look, and stuff. Look, I'm ready Listen. to go. I took the earrings off. Ain't nobody the, in the studio but us. <laughs> I got the bobby pins on. I'm like, for what though? Ready to fight. For what? I got to fight. I got to fight for my young girls. When I got to fight Brooklyn. for women. Oh, in Brooklyn, love to fight. It's all Brooklyn. That's what we do. All, but for what? All our lives, we had to fight. But why? I, it's just a Brooklyn thing, man. The Hennessy kicks in and you just kind of just like it rolls through And your Carter veins, B ain't even from Brooklyn. <laughs> she tried to fight. Nikki at the at this high end, oh, they in, in fifty thousand dollar dresses. I have a strong opinion about 10, that, which I guess shoes. would be appropriate for the Strong Opinions podcast. I, I wasn't, I wasn't happy with that at all. What the? What's up? You know, I just, um, I'm not here to judge anybody. I am. Okay, you can do that. Turn I am down, Cardi. <laughs> but yes, Bodak Cardi. What the? I, I don't know. I wasn't there. I, I don't, was, I don't, I was, you I, really weren't. I'm positive you weren't there. Maybe you were and you didn't tell me. You don't know my life. I don't know everything about your life apparently because if you were there and you didn't invite me, <laughs> we're going to have a conversation after this podcast. But ticket. the point being, <laughs> I want women to be able to have these types of disagreements with words. I want women to be able to express their frustration, their anger, their disagreement. So they should have been able to go in the booth and they exchange been bar able, for bar. Go bar for bar. That's what you do, right? Go verse for verse. That's go what bar Meek Mill and Drake did. Look, 
work on your own, work on your level. Sell some albums. And and sell some albums, exactly. Don't do anything that's gonna dilute from your brand. Drop a diss track or two. Thank you. That way, you getting your emotions out. Yeah. And you making a little bit of money. Right. You know, and you're moving your business along. But now she done but lost some endorsements. You lost, you, you're, you're really and a shoe. just, and a shoe. Oh, she, when I heard the shoe was gone, you know how shoe. I feel about shoes. Everybody was like, oh my God, they were fighting. She had a knot on her head and you know, there could be charges filed. I'm like, but did she get the shoe back? Did she? I think it was a ten thousand dollars shoe. It, I think Should there was some Chrissy Lou's, some YSLs. I don't it was know. Chrissy Lou, a YS and an L, ten thousand dollars. Look, she she making that kind of money. Look, I'm not gonna begrudge anybody but how the much shoe they was sell probably on free. shoes. It, it, they probably they probably gave. <laughs> I don't know whether the you shoe think? was free or not free, but you just it was can't 10, be dis, dis, No, you, can you feed can't the whole project. just be throwing shoes out. Shoes are sacred. You, you know, know I'm a shoe you person. Can feed with that? Look, you can feed all of Haiti. You probably could actually, or a good portion of the country. Oh, my poor, my poor country. So oh, you would goodness. buy that shoe instead of feeding your country? Not me personally. Not me per. See, but because we kind of veered off the beaten path here, <laughs> you know, I would never do that. Um, but I, I literally read that story, and yeah. it pained me. Yeah. It, it did, you know, there were some comical points about it, you know, and you can make a joke here and there. We got Puerto Rico. We have, how many people died in the flood? Uh, up until now, up until the point of this podcast, we're, we're over, we're well over the three, three, 3,500 mark. 3,500 yeah, people we're close dead to four. and she out here fighting. And she's fighting. And Horribly representing Puerto Rico. She's, um, and women, because the general consensus is we cannot get along. The general, I said it. The general consensus is we are always at odds with each other. You just told and me last week, Los, it's about to be a, whim a revolution. I yes. said, yeah, on Facebook. <laughs> no, I, I need to think more positively. I need to have more faith in the fact that women are becoming more uh, just connected to one another in our struggle. I have to feel that way because I just don't want to be disillusioned. I want to be part of a generation that looks at another sister and says, my, you're doing really good and I am so proud of you. What, what can I do to help? How can we help each other? Because we can actually move on this upward trajectory together. We both look down and here comes this other young sister. With both hands, with both sets of hands, we pull this sister up. Mm. And now with now we got three sets of hands and we're pulling up other sisters. By the end of this revolution that I want to see flourish, all these hands pulling up sisters that are coming up, you know, from, from urban neighborhoods, from communities where they don't have mentors, from, from broken families, from young girls that, that don't have good relationships with their fathers and their mothers. And they're looking up at all these sisters holding their hands out, sisters that have accomplished something, whether it's, you know, my, my sisters in, in poetry, like, like, like a Kanai, or, you know, sisters that have overcome struggles like a Felicia, um, you know, me breaking barriers as the first Haitian, uh, female anchor of a Catholic television station. They're looking up and they're saying, will you guys help us? And we're looking down and saying, we waiting on you. Cause if you're asking, we're giving, mm -hmm. okay? But we can't do that if we're meeting each other in a venue and our first response is to throw a punch. For what? What are you proving? Oh, I, hey, I'm with you. It just, it I'm really, just saying it, it, to you, it pained me. Until there's a plan. I want to be part of that plan. And I know it just sounds, it's, it's easy to say, you know, sitting where I am now. Until um, Black Girls Rock organize something besides a trophy ceremony. <laughs> Black, they, they have, a, I, there are so many different organizations that are so female centric that have a platform that can contribute to this revolution. And I'm not saying that they're not, but I think if, if more and more people realize the power behind some of these platforms, we'd be unstoppable. We would literally be unstoppable. I'll never stop thinking about how proud I was 
when I looked out at that women's march across until there the is a world, women's march on election day. There will be. I have faith that and there control will be. the ballot box. I have faith that there will be. Uh -huh. I have faith okay. that okay. yeah. I'm 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 Amen. And I'm primed for it. I'll march with them. I'm sure you will. And, and, and we need we need our men to march with us. We, you know, this isn't just a movement of women by women without men. I mean, it, it's all part of that support system, you know, and, and that's where we lose the focus. It, it becomes divisive, mm -hmm. you know, and just it's because it's not about that. Just because we are all together which, and which, strong which as women. Some, when I say what I'm saying to you, to some women, they think I'm being divisive. I'm just being honest. I think you're I think you're divisive. you're talking about a reality that you see through your eyes. And And when they prove me wrong, I'll admit it. That's the thing. It's just just because we disagree doesn't mean your reality is not your reality and it doesn't mean that what you're seeing is not imprinted in your mind as being real. Cuz what I'm stating are factual things and I can show the numbers to support it. And when anyone can show me anything that says no loss, here's it. I'll say, you know what? I apologize. But here's the thing. When we have these conversations, not just on this podcast, but in society with each other in di on, on different platforms, women cannot hear those words and just all of a sudden just become defensive. No. Well, you just don't understand. And this is why we have been persecuted throughout. Our no, 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 no. Listen, when you listen show me a congressional district, that's 68% women, and there's two congressmen in that district, and they're both men. And, and women are saying, why don't we have any women out of this congressional district? And, and I'm and saying, but y'all make up 68%. Yeah. Why don't you put exactly. one in the front? The response to that should be, okay, we'll show you. That's right. That's what the response should be. That's what I try to tell my young girls, you know, when, when they come to me and they're just like, you know, the boss won't let me do this, or my man won't let me do that, or my man. I'm like, let you. No, listen, when I was, this is where I get this mentality. When I was uh, working for the railroad, and I was a part of a union, and of course, I'm black. Mm -hmm. And I would go to union meetings, and black employees rarely ever went to union meetings. And in our union, in, in our local, there would say 300 members. Mm -hmm. And there would probably be 25 or 30 people regular that would go to the monthly meeting. And I would be one of the only blacks. And I would consistently complain about some of the procedures and, and some of the movements of the local. And I'd go to my mentor, Michael Herzig, and I'd go, man, you know, I'm tired of this and I'm tired of that. And he said, Carlos, everything that's done by the local has to be voted on by the members. If you don't like something, you encourage a majority of people go. to go to the meeting with you. He said, how many people are average there? I said, usually about 20, 25. He said, so you get about 20 or 25 to go with you and only take enough that's gonna vote in the favor that you want them to vote and make sure they go with you, right? I said, okay. He said, then you place, put something on the floor mm -hmm. for a vote. And when it comes up for vote, you're going to win because you take all the ones that's going to vote in your favor. And I did that. Yeah. And that was one agenda. Then there was another agenda. And before I knew it, it was election time. So I ran for local chairman. And I took enough people and I won. Then I ran for a, a next up position and a next up. And before you know it, I was an international officer. Mm -hmm. Elections work the same way, whether it be city council, whether it be the state legislator, whether it be a Senate, Congress, all the way to president. Works the exact same way. You got to use your voice. Use you have to your make voice. it happen. Organize and use your voice. That's right. You can't sit back. And and I, and again, I'm, I'm not sitting here perched up, think, you know, with, with the mindset that I've got this all figured out. It, I'm still a work in progress, you know. This is all still a process of growth and enlightenment for me. But what I can tell you is I am a happier person now that I have found my voice and I am now able to use it fearlessly than I was when I was A, trying to find it and B, too afraid to use it when I 
had it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I'm a much, I'm, I'm freer now. And I guess it's just like, you know, you, you, you try something for the first time and then the world didn't end. Mm -hmm. You it's right? Like it, gas. It, the universe. Gas, if it's inside, yeah. it hurts your stomach. <laughs> well, you got to let it out. You got to let it out. And relieve some of that pressure. Time, you, right? You're a little nervous. Did anybody did hear anybody that? See, did anybody see? Did anybody smell? Did anybody smell? But you feel better. Oh, the pressure is that the that the pressure is out, yeah. and you're just like you feel a little bit lighter. Right. So when you when you stand up for yourself that first time, and you kind of just like brace for impact, and then you open up that one eye, and you look around, and, and you're you like, fine. oh look, the world is still spinning on its axis, axis, and I I didn't die, mm. nor did anybody else. Let me try this again, and, and it's again. just it's a and constant. Again building and go. building and building and people see it it starts to become fun too. and it becomes it does become fun it is the most empowering freeing absolutely liberating moment of your life when you could look at somebody that is trying to be an obstacle and you're just like excuse me but i need to get past you and do what i got to do and get past that person and actually achieve what you set out to do. And mm -hmm. you look back and you're like, you tried to stop me, son. Guess what? It didn't work. That was cute. You're adorable. Try it with the next one. Cause I am so well beyond you being a challenge to me. Mm -hmm. It's liberating. You sleep so much better at night. You walk with a little more wiggle in your jiggle. Your head is hell higher. We're going to stick to this. Cause you, Liz will get off on a tangent. Oh my so, lord. Um, I told you I had the Vaseline on, I was ready to fight. I'm done, I'm done. Who got the Henny? Listen, before what? we get the Henny, let's oh. talk about your Catholic faith. Wow. Before we get the Henny. <sighs> Being a devout Catholic and, and a staunch advocate for, for women empowerment. We're struggling right now, yeah. How does it, how do you balance that would also allow being in a relationship and allowing a man to lead. I'm just very. Uh, what was the? I'm. I'm not insecure. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't. I don't see it as. Uh, I see it as a man leading, not me following. If that makes us. If that makes sense. Like okay. I don't. I don't see myself in a submissive position. I see myself in my own lane, mm. you know? You, Could you had a good example in your household growing up, right? Oh, sure. I mean, you know, my I'll tell you exactly how my household was and, and it will seem so old fashioned, old school, you know, little, little Haitian woman. My mom would set the table for my stepdad every single night. She'd get home from work first. Mm -hmm. He was about an hour behind her. Um, dinner would be prepared. When my dad would get home, the everything would be prepared, from plate to, to water to you know whatever he was drinking. Every single night, she never missed. Even when she was angry at him, even if they had you know, and, and I can see it now. When you're younger, you don't really know, but you know you you can sense some tension in the house. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, but even with tension in the house, my mom would would make sure that my dad was taken care of when he came home. The same way that she would when things were doing when going well that didn't make my mom weak mm -hmm. you know this is this is just what my mom felt she had to do in her role as a wife what my dad did in his role as a husband mm -hmm. was he was you know the primary uh, earner mm -hmm. he took care of the house he made sure we were all protected we had a roof over our head the house was warm not that my mom didn't bring money into the house but you know there are roles but also, man, I know your mother. She kept other. She didn't have people in her business. No, my mom, absolutely not. And and that's something she tells me all the time. Keep people out of your business. That's what I'm saying. Your, I know your mother. Yeah. I know. She was very guarded in what she, what people knew about her children, plug, about her marriage. Plug. One time, Liz and I had an argument early in our relationship. And she called herself, going to try to call her mother and tell on me. <laughs> and her mother, in so many words, said, I want to hear his side, too. I said, wow, like 
That's old school. Like, eh, you my daughter, I love you, but I want to get the whole story she, before, and, and I, she, before know, I make my and, judgment. And she had, you know, I love that. mom, mom, you know, would definitely have my back, but she would always, she would always say, well, what did you do? Yeah, I want to hear the whole story. I want to hear, you know, what did, uh, you, or she'll say something like, you know, well, you know how you can be. <laughs> you know, and that used to bother me at first, but, you know, with, with growth, with understanding of self and stuff, you know, I had to... I can be a pain. I, I have my issues as well. No, I have, no, no. you know, I I have my, my my moments where when I look back, I'd be like, man, I'd have punched myself in the throat. But we with human, this one, you know. <laughs> we're, we're, it's called myself. human. <laughs> but um, yeah, but you know, I, I. But again, just to go back to what you were saying, just just know your role in a relationship. And not in a way it's just you better know your place. No, it's no, two different things. Two totally different things. It's have a role and be good at that role and support each other. It's a side-by-side -side thing. It's not a, I'm behind and he's in front and he's a leader, I'm a follower. No, he plays his position, I play mine. You got that good-looking woman, you want her in the front anyway. Okay. Because the view is good. But uh, anyway. Especially if she got so some nice sticking, shoes on because the shoe, oh, I'm I don't sorry, even see the shoe. Right. But sticking <laughs> with the, the Catholic faith. Okay. With the turbulence the Catholic uh, religion is, is experiencing right now. Very painful. How does it, how, how hard is it to remain steadfast in, in your faith? It's not hard at all. And explain that for the Catholic <laughs> listeners right now. Like, cause it, you know, we just held a uh, catechist workshop mm -hmm. or I was invited to speak, to speak and I had to take you along mm -hmm. to, to kind of balance it out. And I was a bit nervous. It was, it was I don't know, a couple of 300 people there. There were quite a few people And that there, was yeah. the first time I was ever invited to speak to something of that caliber mm -hmm. um, from one of my books. And, and it, it turned out great. Like, you it know, did. sold a lot of books and, and well received. I was invited back to speak again, but it was quite moving. It was some tears. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I want you to share some of that. Uh, there were tears, there were testimonials, there were, there was pain. And I don't, I don't begrudge anybody their opinion about the Catholic Church, you know? It, everybody has an opinion about something. Um, and what has come out about the Catholic Church is appalling. It's disgraceful. Um, and any Catholic that can sit back and not be and not see with realistic eyes that these proven transgressions in the church are just an atrocity is, is somebody that's in, in a denial that, that hurts me for them. Mm. You know, it's just, you know, it, you're really closing your eyes to something that we need to speak about, that we need to unravel and get to the root of. It's a systemic problem in the Catholic Church that spans generations. Now period. here, period. And here is why I'm, I'm okay with being a Catholic now. I don't care what you think about my faith. Mm -hmm. That's your opinion. I don't care what you think about the fact that I'm Catholic. That's your opinion. I love the fact that I'm Catholic. I love the way I was raised. I love the teachings of my church. But here's the thing. I don't worship that collar. Mm -hmm. I don't look to the man in that collar as somebody to be revered, mm -hmm. as somebody to be set up on a pedestal. He's a man, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. he's human. So when he has fallen into a state of transgression, it hurts the humanity in me because of the perversion of it. Mm -hmm. It doesn't hurt my faith because my God has never forsaken me. Mm -hmm. I don't put my faith and my trust in man because I know that he is fallible. So I would just be setting myself up. I put my trust and my faith and my belief in, in this world and in the afterlife in, in God. And, and you know, his only, his only son that gave his life up for me. They have never forsaken me. I have never had an issue with God, the Holy Spirit, Jesus Christ, 
those are those are my foundations. Those are the principles that I abide by. Well, thank you. That's enough right there. We're gonna take a break and we're gonna come back with the last segment of the Life Is Not Complicated Strong Opinion Podcast with Liz Problems. Be right back. The biggest reward for me is how much it has inspired students. I think someone that really opened my eyes was when he said, everybody knows the information in this book already, it just takes a little bit of reminding. And that really opened my eyes to what, to how I perceived the book from there on. So I really think it affected, it was an overall positive impact on my life. When I visit campuses and classrooms and see the excitement on their face and of course overwhelm me with questions, that's my biggest reward. That's what I enjoy the most. To purchase Life Is Not Complicated You Are or the other 99 times or download the audio versions, please visit carloswallace.com. You are listening to the Life Is Not Complicated You Are Strong Opinions Podcast. All right, we back with you on the last segment. I'm about to close it out. The last segment of Life Is Not Complicated Strong Opinion Podcast with Miss Liz Fablis. Yes, yes, yes. After that last segment, I had to take another shot of Hennessy and a hit of Ciroc. You gonna just cheat on Hennessy? Oh no, Hennessy understands that you gotta take a the, shot of Ciroc sometimes. So to you, just, yeah. You're in a interracial relationship. The Absolutely. Dark and the white. The just dark a, and the white. Just, it's just a lick of threesome. Oh, what? Any? Okay, so. Uh, mm -hmm. All right, so I'm starting something new on, on the podcast. I'm gonna hit you with a quote. Okay. And you tell me what it means to you. Wow, okay. And I just want it on record. I do not know what this quote is. So I am Nobody bracing. Nobody does. Laura yeah. said, that, well, you didn't tell me I was going to do this part. I'm All not right. supposed to. I'm bracing for impact. I got the Hennessy ready. Go on. My life must speak for me when I can no longer speak for myself. Oh, wow. My life must speak for me when I can no longer speak for myself. When I am long gone from this earth, the jewels that I left behind, the actions that I left behind, the principles and the values that I lived my life by need to be long-standing and need to be uh, a guideline, an example for generations to come. And it has to be positive. It has to be something that they can take and move on with their lives and evolve and become better people. That's what I take from that. I like that. Yeah, my, my, my life should not stop with my death. Okay, I like yeah. that. Now given that, a lot of, no, all of my new ideas, mm -hmm. probably starting, no, starting with the book, Life Is Not Complicated, you are. Which from, I still believe you, you titled after me. <laughs> from that point on, everything that I have taken on after that I talked to you about it first yes and I said to my man I'm crazy for you he was like no that's great that's phenomenal what are you talking about when I told you I wanted to do the symposium what were you thinking this guy another great <laughs> idea like I swear I was just like he it never stops and I'm, I'm being sincere because when I when I when you do have an idea that I don't really vibe with or I think is really just out of the realm of reason, I'll tell you. I'm, I'm you always very honest with yet. you because you're not you don't shoot from the hip. At I've known you a decade, and almost, you just almost a decade, and you never man. come well. You starting to show a little bit. You got the little wrinkles in that. Stop what? It. Oh, I'm sorry. We see. I went off course, but you have really never come to me with an idea that wasn't very well thought out. Even if it was in the primary stages of your thinking, um, you know, he, hey Liz, let me, I'm just gonna throw this out to you, see what sticks, mm. okay? Um, and so you, you'll preface it by saying that. That typically means I just had this thought in the shower, I just jumped out and I called you. Yeah, yeah. Right. This is this just was a flash in my brain. And before I forget it, I want to put it out there. That is probably the least prepared right, 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 you yeah. are ever with me anyway. Not, not that I want to do it. Just, exactly. Yeah. Um, I just want to throw this past you. Get your opinion. 
Um, if, if you're vibing with me on this, I'm gonna develop it a little bit more. Okay, um, even if you're not vibing with me on this, I'm gonna put it out there, you may not agree, but wait, once I get all the pieces together and once I make sure that everything is firing on all cylinders, I'm gonna come back to you and explain to you why I think this idea is gonna work. Mm -hmm. You know, and then you usually, you know, you set it out for me, I listen to it. Sometimes I'm like, ah, okay, but here's the thing, I always trust you. I always trust that you will never do anything that will be a detriment to yourself, even physically or mentally, to your brand, to your business, your reputation, or the memory of your family, your mother, your father, your grandmother, and your grandfather. So you can come to me with what I might even think is a far-fetched idea but I trust you because I know if somewhere down the line you hit a point in that thought process where you're just like, mm, I don't know if granddaddy would really appreciate me doing this. It will stop right there. No thanks. And it will, it, it won't even progress any further, mm -hmm. you know, and not just your, your, you know, your grandparents or your parents, baby boy who I adore jazz. You won't do anything that if Jazz came to you and said, Daddy, I did this, you'd be like, man, why would you do that? You, you always want to be an example or a role model to Jazz, mm -hmm. you know, as, as a young man, as a smart young man who's doing his thing in life, he's looking to you as an example. So if there's ever an idea that you think is going to make Jazz look at you crossways, you're going to stop right there. Yeah. So I trust you, basically, is, is why I'm just like, you know, okay, when you came with me with the symposium, I was like, all right. And what do I say to you all the time? Let me know what you need me to do. Yeah. Let me know how I can help. Let me know how I can contribute. Now, with the symposium behind us, mm. when editing and, and all that good stuff, and it, it'll be coming out soon. I can't wait. I'm all excited, like a kid at Christmas. I, can't, I hear about it every day. He is. <laughs> what, 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 like, what, moving forward, because, I mean, we're already planning the next one. Sure. What would you add? What can the people look forward to? Not necessarily speaking. I right. Mean, like, what, 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 what different flavors? I mean, in this age of social media, technology, um, YouTube and, and videos, everybody's looking at these little devices in their hands and their, you know, iPads and, and phones and they're walking around with these little mini computers. I would love to be able to, I mean, from a phone, from an I, iPhone, iPad, you know, Samsung phone in the hands to a Jumbotron in Times Square. I would like eventually for those symposiums to be simulcast. Mm -hmm. She's speaking it. So that if you can't be in Houston or New York or Atlanta, Chi-Town, LA, as this symposium is taking place. She's speaking it, y'all. It will be simulcast on any device that you have in your house. And then one day there will be just thousands of people standing in Times Square watching these these symposiums take place that's that's what I envision like that's the future for me to be able to reach people not just where you are but where they are she's speaking closing question what in your life do you complicate Two-part question, by the way. Okay. And that was the first part? That's for well. What in my life do I complicate? Um, my reaction to events that ultimately shouldn't really matter to me on a personal level. I am too emotional. So I complicate my reaction to what someone might have said to me or about me when in fact neither matters in my life 
It doesn't pay my mortgage. It hasn't gotten my child through college and now through um, school as, as, as a medic. Anything that I am doing in my life right now that is evolutionary, revolutionary, self-sufficient, has nothing to do with someone's opinion of me. So when I become too emotionally entangled in that, I'm doing myself an injustice and I am complicating my life. Mm -hmm. And what is it in your life? Do you focus on the one thing instead of appreciating one bad thing instead of appreciating the 99 good? Finances. I always think, oh, I should be further along in my savings. I should be further along in my investments. Um, I'd love to just blow out the kitchen and, and have, you know, a state-of-the-art, you know, facility in, 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 in my home. And then I, I try my best to stop and think, I have a kitchen with a refrigerator, with food in it. <laughs> with options. With options. My, my, biggest, my biggest challenge on some nights when I come home late and I'm, woe is me, I'm so tired. Man, do I want Italian? Do I want Thai? <laughs> Chinese? I don't know. Do I just want a sandwich? Or am I just gonna, what kind of wine am I gonna have? Do I want the Merlot or do I want the Malbec? Those are my biggest challenges. Those are my first world problems. And, but those are blessings. Those are choices. I come home to a warm home. It may not be state of the art. You know, it may not be Alexa, turn on all my lights. It may not be, uh, Alexa just went off. <laughs> you know, I, but I have a home. And it's mine, and I worked hard for it, and it's comfortable, and it suits me and my family, and for that I'm grateful, and for the job that helps me pay the mortgage for this home that I'm happy with. And of course the people in my life, you know, that goes without saying. So yeah, finances, what I want, what I wish I had, versus what I do have that most people are praying for right now. Mm. That's a wrap. We appreciate you for coming on with us, Liz. Oh, I hope I, I'm nervous. I wanna, I wanna hear this play back. I don't wanna get fired or nothing, maybe. You I'm gonna know, tell Charles, Charles don't cut nothing. <laughs> that Charles don't cut nothing. No, don't no, edit no, nothing no, out. Don't edit anything. We want it all out there, player. I'm speaking my truth. Shout I'm not out afraid. To the, shout out to my producer, Mr. Charles Andrews. Hey, Charles, how you doing? I miss you, buddy. All right. Uh, we'll see you next time, next week on the Life Is Not Complicated Strong Opinion Podcast. I appreciate you having me, with sir. With your boy Carlos Wallace. Thanks for having us. Lee. Thanks for I being really on appreciate this. Was this was uh, cleansing? It was cathartic. So I appreciate I'm it. Thank Google you. that. See what it means. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Please visit www.carloswallace.com. That's Carlos Wallace. We would love to hear your opinion. What's going on, everybody? It's Carlos. I just want to say thank you again for tuning in. Uh, we really, really, really appreciate it. And to show my appreciation, I would like to give you a free audio copy of Life Is Not Complicated. You are. That's right. The best-selling book. I'm going to give you a copy free for listening. If you would like one, please text COMPLICATED to 22828. That's text COMPLICATED to the number 228. Two eight to receive your audio copy. Thank you.